Hello and welcome to Like Flint Radio. You can find us on the web at www.likeflintradio.com. Apologise in advance for the quality of the recording you're about to listen to. Um, there was no pre-compression or no gadget supplied before uh, the uh, the guest and I were speaking into the one microphone straight into the laptop. So I only say that because often podcasters have issues with recording quality and you will have a, a great interview and you go back and listen and realise the quality wasn't that good. But in this case, I'm asking you to stick with it because the quality of the recording might not be very good, but the quality of the guest is excellent. You're going to enjoy this. Um, her, her story is fascinating, so stick with us. Um, so let's get on with it now, and um, thanks for bearing with the quality of this. You're listening to Like Flint Radio, part of the Revelations Radio Network. All right, well, welcome to Like Flint Radio. I'm your host, GK. Uh, I have a very special guest in the Bush Art Studio today, and I'm going to tell you a bit about her before I bring her on. Today I have Janet with me, and um, Janet travels the outback of Australia, um, sometimes up to tens of thousands of kilometres at a time. One trip she's done, she was out there 22,000 kilometres, and um, she's often out, out there for several months at a time, spreading the gospel and distributing goods like Bibles and other things, and we're going to talk about that shortly. And she does all this out of the back of her trusty ute. Now, for our American listeners, that's a small pickup truck. And um, for our South African listeners, it's uh, Bucky, but it's um, not one of your little tiny Buckies. It's uh, probably a, uh, a medium-sized Bucky tending towards a truck. But anyway, uh, went out in the bush. Janet lives and sleeps in her ute. Um, she lives out of her ute, and it's a bit of, bit of a rough but exciting lifestyle. Now, you might be surprised when you hear a couple of things, and we're going to talk about that, that Janet does this all on her own. You will be surprised when you find out Janet's age uh, and the things that she does. But anyway, enough rabbiting on from me. Let's welcome Janet to the Bush Hut Studio. Welcome, Janet. Good afternoon. Thanks for thanks for coming, Janet. Um, just the first thing I wanted to ask you is, um, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself um, before we get into what you're actually doing at the moment? I got saved in 1956. So, Christian, I don't know. You can have that. <laughs> um, I'm MacDonald who was at Salvation Army. Uh, we immediately went into full-time evangelism, and later on we bought a caravan, and that became our home for our family, and we ministered in a lot of these places. Right. Now, you've um, ministered in um, Australia and New Zealand, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And And so you ministered in New Zealand, Australia, and also United States? You've yes, been to America? Canada, the Philippines, uh, yeah, Fiji, lots of times. So everywhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite everywhere. So we won't be playing the song I've Been Everywhere, Man. No. Um, now, the thing we wanted to talk to you about is your um, your Outback Travelling Ministry. Um, can you tell us how you got into that? Like, how did it happen? How did it start? I was at a conference, and I won't tell you where, where a Fijian lady came up to me 
and she grabbed Peter, who's my son, and she asked him, and apparently this is the Fijian way of doing things, you ask the son or the father for permission to borrow the mother so she can drive the bus in the outback. And half of these buses are sort of tied together with prayer bailing twine <laughs> and glue. Yeah. And he just laughed. He said mum was going anyway. And that was four years ago. This will be my fourth trip out, out to Western Australia. Right. So um, what are the... Um Let's talk about um, distances. Now, I did mention, I think, you've done sort of, um, uh, you'd go into the genuine outback, so it's as far as you can go on a four-wheel drive. No, it's not a four-wheel drive. It's just a huge... No, really? Yes. You do this in a two-wheel drive? Yes. Unbelievable. Okay, there you go. So that's something I didn't know. Okay, so you're doing this in a two-wheel drive. You. Okay, so let's talk distances. Now, I know, like I think I mentioned one trip you did was... 22,000 kilometres. Our American friends will have to translate that because I can't remember what it is on the fly. I've been a third. Yeah, I think it's a third off. I think it's a little bit more than that. Um, 16, 17,000. Yeah, it's probably 16 or 17,000 miles at a time. It's equivalent of going from England right into Russia and back again. Well, there you go. Okay, so from England to Russia and back again. So that's the sort of um, trips that Janet does. And um, and how long are you out at a time? Normally four months. About four months. So but that's... It's up to God. Up to God. <laughs> so are you going um, up the north, obviously, in the dry time? I have to get out before the wet arrives. Yeah. Or else I'll be stuck there till next March. Right. <laughs> so in, in, in Australia, our... Um, uh, just to let our audience know, in summer, our in the, the northern of, north of the country uh, is what we call. They only have two seasons. It's wet and dry. And um, so, if you're doing something like Janet's doing, you really need to be. And you're not going to stay. You need to be out of there when the wet comes. So, so you've got like four months to do what you have to do, and then you have to get out of there. But you also have done trips in southern Australia where it's not so rough, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Like in Victoria and down through the back of New South Wales, Cobar, Burke. Condoblin uh, right into Victoria where there's some revival happening. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, what is it that you actually do when you when you're doing these trips? What are you What are you doing? I know you're spreading the gospel, but um, and I know you're taking um, uh, gear with you. But what do you actually do? Well, by the time I get there, Smith Wigglesworth said prophesied that there would be a mighty revival going right through the top end, from the islands right through the top end of Australia and would sweep right down across Australia mm -hmm. and then Jesus would come back. So what I do, by the time I get there, they're thoroughly saved, they're thoroughly baptised by the thousands and they ask me to teach them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Last year I went out, I had four scriptures. I saw many, many people filled with the Holy Ghost, including children, who are raising the dead. Raising the dead is quite common where I go. Out there in Western Australia, there's eight confirmed cases. Just lately up in Northern Territory, children have been going around laying hands on saved children for them to get the power of God in their lives. And they took a day off in the afternoon to have a swim in the water hole. And the eldest child went up the tree to check that it wasn't full of crocodiles. And he looked down and there was a body in the water. And they're not allowed to touch dead bodies, so he sent everybody away. By the time they came back, 
he's got the body out of the water and he's playing life into that child. And then he asked all the children that have just got filled with the Holy Ghost to lay hands on that child, speak life, speak wholeness, no brain damage. And that child lives today. That child, uh, this was all verified on Godvine, and all the stories that I'm telling you, I can verify every one of them. Okay. So this is what it's about. These people are receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, which gets them off the booze, the drugs, and the blue snippet. So these are mainly Aboriginal communities we're talking mainly, about. Mainly, yes. Sometimes there's no houses. Sometimes it's desert. Right. They're still living uh, unnatural. Yeah. On the edge of peril. Yeah. And do they do they have um, uh, Aboriginal pastors amongst yes, them? Yes, they certainly do. Right. In one community, I went down uh, eight k's of bulldust. <laughs> and now Janet's going to show me some photographs here, and um, with her permission. Uh, a bit later on, um, we might share some on our, our blog, uh, just a couple of photos of I that Janet has. But yeah. Uh, but 80 k's of bulldust and the Lord's shown me where to steer so I don't fall in it. Yeah. But I come round a mountain and there's this modern community, which I can't name. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They have two pastors, mm. one for the community and one for the bush. Right. And they will walk out of the Tanami Desert go to church. Right. They might start on a Thursday. Mm. Uh, this happens even out in Western Australia. They mm. start Thursday to get to church by Sunday for the for the seven o'clock service. They have to be there by four o'clock or you will not get a seat. Wow. And this is in a small town of three hundred people. Yeah. The church officially holds three hundred and fifty, but we can shove in a thousand wow. every year wow. shove in a thousand. Yeah. Now so just um can you explain to our listeners why you don't want to name the small communities, but we can talk about the rough areas, but um just tell us why you, you feel not to you know, well, what do you think we should God is, God is moving by his spirit up there. Mm -hmm. Um and we don't want anything to interfere with what they're doing, what God is doing. Uh, they've been taught that when they get filled with the Holy Ghost, he's the one that will bring them under conviction. He was the one that teaches them everything that they know, everything that they need to know, what, not what white man needs to know. Mm -hmm. And a good wife, and I say that technically, the first lesson she will teach them, her husband, uh, she said, instead of hitting him like they used to before Christ, mm. She'll say, <laughs> Janice is tapping me. <laughs> Look here. This is the first scripture you've got to learn. Right. These signs will follow those who believe they'll cast out devils. Now, I know a lot of you listeners, you've been to Bible college, you still don't know how to cast out devils. Mm, mm. And it's like, I know lots of people that are demonic. He's already saved. He's filled with the Spirit. Mm. He's baptized in water. Mm. And he says, I'm off. And he might come back three or four days later with his dinner over the shoulder, maybe. Mm. No money. Yeah. And then he say, the church will have run. Those people will start coming into church and he's been set free. And he'll say, next scripture, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He said, why didn't you tell me that when I was out there before? <coughs> so is it mainly the women that get saved first? No. Okay, so that's not uh, the case. It's a very much a patriarchal system. Right. Um, 
and they still live in what would be called a mob or a tribe. Yep. The desert people wouldn't be a large mob because only one kangaroo will feed only so many. When you get so big, you, right. you have to separate. Yep. So, uh, and they still have the elder system. Mm-hmm. The interesting elder system is before they ever knew Jesus, they knew of a God. They had six of the Ten Commandments. Mm. And if they broke that, the elders would punish them. Yeah. Um, many of the men and women are limping. There's a reason for that. The only way they can pay for that sin is by the shedding of blood. Mm. And somebody can step in and say, I will take your punishment for it. This is why the revival is happening. Right, because they understand that concept of the they shedding of blood for yes. Yeah, yes. the remission of sins. Yes. And so um, would they um, punish each other physically, like spearing or something yes, like that? they shed the blood. Yeah, right, Definitely. okay, okay. Does that change after they get, uh, become a Christian community? and, Or is there still physical punishment in that way? They're much softer once they get right. more of the Holy Ghost. Right. He does a, a wonderful work in right. their lives. They come off the booze. They come off the drugs. These are the ones that are on a pension, and a lot of them don't want to be on a pension yeah. because they see what money does to their friends that live in a house. Yeah. So they so they understand that living the traditional way is better for them, isn't yes. it? Yes. They choose that. They way. choose that. Yes. But Not there's we... other communities that whole communities that are all Christians. I'm, I'm looking at Janet's bought thankfully bought a a, a large map of Australia here, and. The locations that she's talking about, if you ran a line through, say, the top third or top quarter of Australia and just looked at the north, a lot of the locations are in there. They're in Queensland, um, Northern Territory, and in Western Australia. And you've been out Kununurra Way, haven't you? Oh, yes. Um, we had Graham Gould regularly, yes. We had Graham Gould on the show recently, and he lives in Kununurra. And um, if you remember, uh, we discussed with Graham just how difficult it is in the outback and, and to live out there, um, well, what Janet's talking about is going further further out into the outback and into the smaller communities, which um, I'm sure um, a Graham would know about because Graham lives out there and he does know about these sort of things. But um, now what sort of things are you taking with you? I know that um, you often take literally hundreds or more, thousands of Bibles, isn't it? But you don't just take Bibles, you take... Um, uh, necessities. Necessities, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, like, you've taken um, you loads of... Uh, well, well, tell us what you've taken. Well, it, ha- it started as a joke, but I do know that a lot of these people, and this is very personal people, mm. uh, because they're going to church uh, and they've got a long walk, they will put their undies in their pocket if they've got undies. Right, right. Uh, and they'll put them on to mm. go to church. Yeah. And they'll take them off to go home again. Yeah. And my son was telling his mother-in-law about this, and she says, we've got to do something about this. Mm. This is just one personal thing. Mm. And it evolved into a ministry, which in the end, we were going to call it Y Front Day, <laughs> which became Andy Sunday. So I got boxes and boxes of precious underwear yeah. for these people, yeah. children, adults, and everything, uh, clothes. Once they become saved, they don't show their legs anymore. In the beginning, uh, before they were saved, the narrower the ankle, the more desirable they were. But as soon as they got saved, they cover their legs up and the Holy Spirit convicts them of doing that. That's not what 
I, I, nobody, nobody no one's telling them. I, well, I didn't know that. I've never no. heard this before. I give, I take out 1,400 bracelets for these children. The interesting thing about that, they either put it on their ankle, which means they don't know the Lord yet, or they'll put it on their bracelet, uh, on their wrist. Yeah. And they will cover their legs up automatically. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I, I didn't know this. No. It's all news to me. Uh, it's all right to show the decolage. That means you're a good provider. Right. Right. <laughs> but you mustn't show your ankles. Right. Okay. Uh, um, this is when you're way out in the bush, not yeah. in suburbs. No. Uh, there's whole rules and regulations. I can't just go up to a, a gentleman just like that. I have to. If I'm introduced, that's fine. If he wishes to talk to me, that's fine. Uh, there's a lot of no, it's not rules and regulations. It's it's their traditional way of doing things. This particular church that's in there, um, I was preaching there. I preached there for three days, talking about baptism by Holy Spirit, and these people actually received. And that was my last night. I always like to talk for three days and have a day off, but it didn't work out like that. Um, and my last night, I could hear. The dogs are all barking. Every child has a dog. Mm, yeah. And the dogs come to church. You better be careful what you lay hands on or you have a dog uh, desiring you. Anyway, I could hear all these dogs barking and the children screaming and a snake came in from that side of the church. Mm. But the Lord had told me to wear my old work boots. A trousers mm. See, must cover the ankles. Yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. Uh, and I didn't miss a beat. It's right underneath my feet with 30 dogs going snap, 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 <laughs> snap, snap. I knew the anointing was just, just so strong. Uh, and as soon as the food was gone, the dogs were gone and the anointing's still there. And I thought, yes, what's next, Lord? Mm. And the children carried this little boy in here from this side of the church and his leg was swollen uh, all the way from top to bottom. Yeah. And I... Because it's a patriarchal system, I'm not telling the pastor what to do, but he picked it up in his spirit straight away. And, he's, and this is the way they talk. Please don't get offended by it. He said, okay, you mob, go and lay hands on that kid and speak in tongues. Mm, mm. And ten minutes later, the, the child's back to normal. He says, can I go and play now? Yeah. And the anointing's still there. I'm hanging on to the centre pole in the, in the church. It, it's got no walls. It's just got a centre pole and four corners. Mm. What's going to happen next, Lord? And he says, call them up for prayer. Well, they stood up. It's aggregate concrete. They stood up and fell down where they were. I very seldom get to pray with anybody because God does it. Nothing I do, God does. He does it. He does it all. Uh, I left the next morning. I was bored wow. because God was just moving so. And this was in a little small outback uh, one. This is a small community yeah. of maybe eighty people. Yeah. They've got a clinic. Yeah. They've got their own school, their own school teachers. Yeah. Uh, and a little shop. Yeah. Uh, and their closest shop, uh, shop will be Catherine. But I go to places where it's thirteen hundred k's to a supermarket. Right. And bread is four dollars fifty a loaf. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so now thirteen hundred k's. So thirteen hundred k's to a supermarket is about eight hundred miles. I'm thinking. So, um, so you're really a long way from um, anything. 
I'm there to do a job, whether it's to drum up the bus or whether it's to sing, but I don't sing very well now. <laughs> I just make a joyful noise, but they stick me with their mob because I've provided for their mob. Right. Uh, um, yeah. So what other things have you you've taken out there? We've talked about Undy Sundays and Bibles, obviously. Um, you take clothes. Oh, yeah, clothes, yeah. Long skirts. Right. <laughs> yep. Trousers for the men. Yep. And bailing twine. Oh, yeah. What, what are they? Oh, okay. They're plaited together to make a, they plaited together to make a fancy belt. Okay. Two different colours of bail, bailing twine mm-hmm. makes a very nice belt. Right. And it, 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 if you grow, you can extend it. <laughs> <laughs> the other place I, I want to talk about, mm. as I was just talking about, yeah, it, sure. that it was 1300 cash from the supermarket. Yeah. The pastor there gets $25 a week. Wow. By a pastor who doesn't get paid anything. Yeah. He feeds his family of nine. Yeah. Oh, boy. And the widows and the orphans. Yeah. So $25, um, I'll just tell our American listeners, our, our value is nearly the same. American Australian dollars that close. So this is a guy with a family of nine um, on $25 a week. Yeah. So you can see why they'd have to stick the gun out the bus window and get some wildlife, can't you? <laughs> I asked for something very special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to go fishing. Because I'd heard how good the fishing is. Oh, the fishing is. up there is famous, oh. yes, yes. And they said, yes, we'll take you, Mrs., but you're only allowed to catch the bait. You're the wrong colour. <laughs> so there's the bait. I thought I'd show you the bait, which is about that long. Wow, okay. It's so 18 inches long. Yeah. And that will go on a 45-kilo hand line. Wow. Because fishing lines just break. Yep. And we will fill the fridge up. Uh, and what was the freezer? Uh, when we were finished, there was stuff left over. We had to eat quickly. Mm. Uh, we had fish fingers for breakfast. You've never had seen a fish with fingers, but we ate them anyway. <laughs> Just the squaring off to go in the deep freeze. We had barramundi for lunch. Wow. Roper for tea oh. and crab for supper. Oh, there you go. So if you're into seafood, this is a this is a place to be. <laughs> a great place, way to lose weight. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. 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 Um, lovely church, great singers. Um, they're bringing the pastors out from Fiji because this is such a specialised ministry okay. of living by faith. Okay. Um, there's a picture here somewhere. I think it's that one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the children will pray on a Saturday morning. They will sing and do four part harmonies, and they'd be praying to the Lord to supply all of their needs. Wow. I mean, so, you can't live like that. No. Uh, so he would get on his computer and he would email to Darwin like Woolworths or Coles. And can you imagine, it's three months, how much groceries that will be, milk and all that. So he's got no money. Mm. No money. Okay, so he emails the supermarket, puts in an order and by faith. By faith. Right, okay. And they will deliver it, and by that time, the little boy says, Daddy, will he pray? It'll come in. Now, the supermarkets that um, Janet's talking about are the big corporate ones, so, you know, they're not going to give you credit or what we might call in the no. old days a bit of tech. No. They're not going to give it to you. No. So that's really taken it by faith, it's, isn't it's it? Faith. Mm. Every day is faith. Mm. Um, I, I've seen, I know that there's no food in the cupboard and we know that there's 20 guests for tea plus us. Yeah, yeah. But, and he doesn't think an eyelid, he just sits at the head of the table. Mm. Says Grace, mm. the table's all set. Yeah. There's no food. Yeah. And there's a knock on the door. Come on, you've heard these stories before. Yeah. yeah. But we don't hear them much nowadays. You do now. We do now, that's right. Um, so, you know, they would probably be 
feeling very sorry for us in white fella country because we've they're lost. They're better off than us. They're better. They're doing better than we are. Um, their faith is far stronger. Yeah. Um, we've got so much. We've got books. We've got. Uh, we've got. We can go to church. A lot of these churches is just a roof or yeah. under a tree. Yeah. They've got so little, mm. but they are so happy yeah. with what Jesus has done for yeah. them. Okay, um, listen, and the next question I want to ask you, because um, I want to get to some more stories, because there's a couple I want to ask you about um, that I find the most interesting when I've been talking to you, but where do you get your, um, where do you get the stuff from that you take with you? How do you organise all of that? Like, I know you've only got a ute now. Um, with Janet's permission on our website, we're going to put up a photo of Janet's ute, but um, have you got a trailer now as well? Do you take a trailer? I borrowed a trailer this year to take twice. So this is the first time this you've taken a trailer. So um, Janet takes like a ute load, like a small pickup truck, and it'll be a trailer this time as well. But you know you can only fit a certain amount in that. But so, but but it's a lot of stuff. But where do you get it from? How do you organise it? Normally the Holy Spirit's very good at organising these things. Mm. I get a telephone call from some church somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Mm. <laughs> and ask me to share exactly what I'm sharing with you. Mm. Uh, and they'll ask me straight out what, what are the needs, and I say I would rather give them Bibles than anything else. Right. But um, there's so many different people that they don't send their stuff down to Red Cross or anything. They deliver it at my door. Right. And I have a series of boxes, and the Lord will tell me, what needs to go into which box to which community, mm -hmm. and to see their faces when I open it up like a red tablecloth. <gasps> I've been praying for a year for a red tablecloth. Right. So, so, so what you're telling me is that it turns up at your place, people give it to you. Yes. I need, no, I don't need, sorry, Lord, an average of $100 a day just for fuel, which is up to $4.20, yeah. which I've never paid for. So is it $4.20 a litre? Uh, yes. The most I've ever paid is $2.20 up there. Okay, so Janet in, is showing me um, right up in the northern part of the um, Northern Territory, $2.20 a litre. So for Americans, if you um, times that by four, that's what she's paying per gallon. So that's eight... Uh, what do you got there? Eight dollars eighty a gallon for 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 di it's diesel diesel yeah, diesel diesel yeah eight dollars eighty a gallon for diesel so there you go so you need a hundred bucks a day to run the run the ute. Well, last year it didn't work like that. Mm. <laughs> we had a major crisis just before I left last year, and I left with hundred and eighty dollars. And the Lord said, "I'm going to stretch you. I'm yeah. going to teach you that faith." Wow. By the time I got to Townsville, mm -hmm. I had eighty dollars left. Yeah. And I was ministering to some Vietnam veterans for mm -hmm. three days. And uh, when I'd finished that, the Lord said, ask so-and-so for dinner. So I rang up so-and-so. And he said, oh, we've got visitors. Can they come too? And I thought, bye-bye, $80. Yeah, yeah. And I left Townsville with no money whatsoever. Yeah. The interesting thing about that is I leave little gifts in toilets. When you're my age, you need to go to the toilet. And it's how to become born again and a little person, how to get baptised, how to mm. get filled with the Spirit. Mm. And I just left one and I won't tell you where. Mm. And this big Harley Davidson came in with two men. Uh, the, the one in the front was very tall and I thought, oh yes, army, definitely mm. a senior 
got his shoulders right back. Mm -hmm. And on behind him, I'd say there was a private with hair out about two feet wide. (laughs) And he went into the toilet. The the other guy stayed there, and I glanced at the back of his shirt, and it said, Vietnam veterans, Vietnam. And uh, the Lord must have spoken to him, because when when he came out the toilet, he came across and grabbed my hand and took the bulletin. Wow, there you go. That's Uh, a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was only the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so I put the fifty dollars in, which is nothing in my truck. No, yeah. Uh, and I watched the needle go from halfway. Yeah. Right through the pool. Wow. And I was empty. Right. I was empty. Right. I knew that God would have to do something, and it was like that right across the top. Now, I, I know, um, in, especially in the United States and in Africa, you can go. Um, places where um, where you don't want to run out of fuel. So please don't misunderstand my point. But um, the places Janet's going on the map with no no fuel and no money, um, you know, we, I wouldn't I would never attempt it. I've been to it's some funny. of the yes, I've been to some of the outback of um, mainly Queensland, way way outback as well. And um, I've had a breakdown out in the outback myself. Um, a couple actually. <laughs> I haven't I, even had a flat time. And, and and so it's quite dangerous. Um, people do die in the outback. Um, we lose several. Oh, I don't want to do kill the Australian tourism industry, but we do lose ter- uh, tourists in the outback when they don't take enough supplies and that. But but Janet's doing this with no, basically nothing. But obviously you're taking water. Tell me you're taking water. I have water. ten litres of water for myself. Five litres of water for the. Yep. and diesel uh, spare parts for the truck right? Okay. Uh, and everything that I would need okay. for a safe kit, but I've never had to use it. Right. I use it on other people. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway, I le- um, every day was a miracle right across there, and when I got to Horse Creek, mm-hmm. this, this letter was waiting for me. Oh. Uh, I thought, ooh. And I opened it up, and there was $70 in. Wow. So I went to the supermarket. Yeah. Uh, they're not very super. Yeah, <laughs> they're very small, not much bigger than this room. So you can look on look on the map, and you can see that um, the, the this portion of the trip um, Janet's talking about. If you look on a map from Townsville to Halls Creek, it's a big haul. It's a long haul with with nothing. <laughs> well, every day he supplied. He supplied, but to arrive and find seventy dollars must have been miraculous, eh? So I went to I went to the shop, and I bought some cold drinks to put mm. in my fridge. Yeah. But I've got a generator now called a Jenny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can have cold drinks. Yeah. Uh, and when I went to the checkout with about $14 worth of drinks, the, the lady said, have you missed me? I said, yes. Mm. She said, no charge. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, but the Lord challenged me on that $70. He said, I wanted to put at least $10 of that into the offering, uh, into the tithes. Mm. He didn't say what to do with the others. So I put the $10 in one pocket and $60 in the other. Yeah. Um, you take your offering up the front in those meetings. So I put my $10 in there, and he says, now I want you to put the $60 in there. So I'm broke again. So <laughs> God has to work. He has to work another miracle. So that was that one. Uh, two weeks later, I got given $100. There you were. Hmm. And I got a bit, I'm sorry, Lord, I got a bit facetious. I said, I expect you want me to put the hundred, the, the, the $10 in the offering and the $190 in the, anyway, I did. He said, yes. Wow. 
So by that time I was pretty tired because it's 46 degrees out there. They yes. Work that back to America. Yeah, that's well, that's well over 100. Yeah, well every over day 100, and minus 16 at night. So it's very trying. It's very trying. Uh, and I'd gone to bed. I was ready to leave the next morning. You, so you're sleeping in the ute at this point? Yes. In minus 16? Yes. Um, it's, it's quite warm sleeping on Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. <laughs> so you sleep on the Bibles? <laughs> well, they're underneath. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's warmer in there than a tent, I can tell you. Okay, so because um, Pete, Pete, your son Peter was telling me that you've got a little ladder that helps you climb in and out yeah. the back and you actually genuinely do sleep. And sometimes you've got to unload stuff to get into bed, don't you? You've got to put I stuff... I do. My bed's covered in stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that final night, I'd actually gone to bed because I knew I had a big trip in the morning. Mm. Uh, and somebody called out to me and said, There's, uh, someone's left you something. You can read it out. Mm. I don't mind you reading it out. So, um, so what what we're doing here um, is Janet's got a map map open on my um, on my bush hut table, and um, she's actually shown me these envelopes. Because um, with Janet, obviously, um, if you haven't picked it up, it's very important that she believes in proving what she's talking about. And um, I, it's something I really like about Janet. But um, but she's shown me the list of um, monies that she's she was given along the way to get her get her to out to the outback and as you heard she's been giving it away at the time. But this one is um is it three hundred and ninety two dollars? Three hundred and ninety two dollars and forty cents. So where was that? Where was that waiting for you? Yeah, in Western Australia. Okay. All right. That's where they're raising the dead. Right, oh, okay, all right. Okay. And so did that help you for the rest of that trip, basically? No, that's only, three, uh, that's only four days. That's, that's only four days, <laughs> right, yeah. But the whole, the, the Lord told me that he was going to stretch my faith. Right. Uh, and provide everything that I need. Mm. But I saw great fruit in the Holy Ghost yeah. because of, I was obedient to what he wanted me to do. Right. Um, now, if it's not too much of a personal question, because we are... Um, Talking a lot about your adventures, and um, would you be would you mind telling us uh, telling our listeners how old you are because you're doing all this on your own, and I've always been fascinated, Janet, for the last four years about all your trips um, because I know I wouldn't be able to do it, but um, and you're doing it as a woman on your own in, in the far out back. But would you mind telling our listeners how old you are? <laughs> I don't mind. I'm nearly seventy-two. I will uh, I'll be seventy-two in the outback. I always hold my birthday in the outback. But I thought you might be interested in knowing a lot of people question, and then sometimes they tell me off mm. uh, doing this. They think that I'm a danger to society. Mm. But I say, well, take it up with the Lord, because the Lord said to me, if I can look after Moses and his mob mm. for 40 years, mm. one little old lady's no trouble at all. There you go. Uh, the interesting thing, and where I had to take it, taken the ute into this garage his father-in-law was a christian mm -hmm. and his house was empty and yeah. he asked me to look up at his house and garden in exchange for rent <laughs> while the while the ute was being fixed yeah i still don't know to this day why that happened but out of it i got a brand new engine <laughs> They had to put a brand new engine in. Wow. Okay, so this is a complete engine replacement on the ute. And while it was happening, because how long did it take? Nearly three weeks. So it took nearly three weeks and you, you got to stay in their house. 
uh, this guy's house. Yeah, yeah. And lovely English rose garden. Oh, wow. had a lovely time wow. in the garden. Okay. Was this in the bush in South Australia? No, it was in a small town. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. A small town. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that was a blessing, wasn't it? It's always a blessing. Yeah, so the Utes had a new engine in it. Yeah. Now, um, we won't go into the complete details here, but Janet's Ute's not a new one. It's an old one. It's 1990. There you go. So she's 24, heading for 25 years old. Um, so you can see why um, I'm interested in to have, have Janet on here because it is an exciting story that she, up against a lot of adversity, the age of her vehicle, and can I just say it, her age, right, because you would think that someone who's in their 70s might be ready to slow down and <laughs> do some knitting, but... Um, but no, she tackles the outback in this shoot and she does it by faith. And um, obviously, these are very, very interesting stories. So, any others that you can tell? Because are there others that you'd like to talk right. about? Right up, uh, out from Timber Creek, a mm-hmm. couple of years ago, a gentleman died, mm-hmm. an Aboriginal gentleman. Every time somebody dies, it seems to spur revival into the existing communities. Mm-hmm. Now these three communities that I'm pointing at down here, mm-hmm. some of them have got the houses, some of them haven't. A lot of them were drunk, a lot of fighting. Right. And over a thousand people came to the Lord. And they were baptized in a water hole. There was two water baptisms, one last March, not this March, last March, four hundred and twenty one people, but before that wow. in October there was another probably 300 so there's still another 300 to go they are now sitting all in church and when i say church i'm not necessarily talking about a church building yeah. but church as the congregation we are the church mm. um and they're in their right minds they're not saying there's three people still sitting in the pub which will have to close which is heartbroken wow. <laughs> wow. but that's the same in western australia wow uh, that, where they're raising the dead in western australia they're Last time I was there, there was no grog at all in town. When I first went there, you were allowed to buy six half-strength beers, but you had to drink it there or take it home. You were not allowed to drink it on the streets. Right. Last um, The year before last, they were selling it at the furniture shop. That's closed. Right. So I don't think... It's a boozeless town there. Yeah, there's no grog, yeah. There's no yeah. grog. Yeah. And it's illegal to bring grog in. Yeah. There were big signs in these communities. Yeah. Big signs out of ex- the alcoholics' houses that are now say that you are not allowed to bring booze into these places, and the fines are huge. Right. So it's a good thing. It's a very because they're changed, thing. aren't they? Because the violence. No, no more glassing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Beating the wives up. The men made sure that the women didn't have long nails so they couldn't scratch their eyes out. Oh boy. Okay. The main made that. So it was up, pretty, pretty violent. Uh, very violent. Yeah. Very violent. Yeah. Well, well, that's good to hear that that those sort of things are changing. Um, um, what resistance to the gospel is there out there, or is it all spiritual, or have you faced anything where people have said, "You listen, you know, don't come to our town," or I've never faced any form of trouble. Right. Okay. Ever. Right. The Lord will always warn me yeah. to either stop mm-hmm. or not go into that town. Yeah. He doesn't allow me to be injured or hurt in any way. Right. I'm only there to be a blessing, and sometimes I just keep my mouth shut. I do hard work. Right. Uh, I go through sandstorms and, and fires, bushfires from one place. On my birthday, my 70th birthday, <laughs> I'm driving. They dropped aerial bombs to burn the bush. Yeah. And it had sent a, uh, a 
a rig, that's a big truck, on fire. Mm -hmm. And all that was left was the, the burning bitumen and the flame of the truck. And I'm being careful not to burn and drive into the fire. Yeah, as you're going past it. Uh, and it swept right round me. I wound the window up, but I forgot about the quarter bit. Uh -oh. So when I got back to Townsville, I had a very short haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually did get a little bit burnt and, then? I got singed. Yeah, singed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not burnt, I was singed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So okay. that was my 70th birthday. Yeah. Well, you're really taking it on, <laughs> taking on for the Lord, aren't you? So um, any other stories from up the northwest or not? Well, what's been happening up there, what, um, the wonderful things that are, that are happening with the revival that's happening up there, there's a team that actually go to Alaska. Mm -hmm. Australians? Yes. Mm. He and his stepfather and a, a gentleman called go to Alaska, to the slums of Alaska. There's a wonderful church there where they minister to the lost generation of ab Aboriginal Indians and Eskimos. Right. The church is so big, it has four auditoriums, and you can pick out which auditorium you want to worship in. You can pick out your praise, and you don't know where the guest speaker is going to come and which auditorium. So you can sing what you want in that auditorium. So these are Aboriginal fellas going to Alaska to yes. spread the gospel? Yes. Wow. So you know these guys? I know these guys. They have what's called the Kimberley Gospel Festival. Right. Uh, gospel yep. Festival. It's one church against each other. Right. In worship and song. Mm -hmm. And it's a big thing and it draws thousands of people together. Mm. I've never heard a crossword. Um, it's not natural for all these tribes to come together, oh, to be okay. in one place because they yeah. have war. Because they're different mobs coming together. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard a crossword. Yeah. No, never. Yeah. Some places are uh, got proper churches. Mm. Some might just have a roof. Yeah. Up in the islands, up here. Mm. Yeah, so right up in the Northern Territory, yeah. Uh, right in these islands here, up near Elko Island. Yeah. Uh, one of my little parcels landed up there. How to be born again, how to get baptised and filled with the Spirit. And we had a family there that was actually building a church, which is just two roofs. Got to be cyclone booth, two roofs and four poles. Right. That's it. That's the church. That's the church. Yeah. And apparently they got hold of one of these packets that I told you about. Yeah. And he came in crying and he said, Janet, they've just baptized 80 people in a monster oh, crocodile. Fantastic. Wow. So one little parcel left in the toilet. Wow. Wow. In yes. amongst the crocodiles, they're yes. baptizing them. <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot of the churches, you have crocodile duty. Right. Someone standing high up to see the crocodile. It's, it's nice and cool by the riverbank, and you can use the water as a sounding board. Right. There's no microphone. Right. <laughs> right. So they stand at the water side and preach. Up high. Up high, yeah. So they can and, and preach, and then someone's watching out for the crocs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is the outback. Uh, it really is. It's not good on the skin, I can tell you. Mm. Um, but I, I was about to start on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I, and I was waiting for the pastor to let me go. And along came the sandstorm. Nobody moved. They just closed their eyes. Wow. I've got all it. I've got my lunch in my hand. Yeah. Which was what? <laughs> just a plain bread roll with nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and nobody blinked an eye. They just yeah. they just stood there. And, yeah. and uh, when it was over, I went to put the bread roll in my mouth. Of course, it was full of sand, so I threw it on the ground, and thirty camp dogs consumed it very quickly. <laughs> but it's not good for your skin. You put your you put your cream on at night. You do not put your cream on in through the day because if there's a sandstorm, it'll stick to it. Yeah, yeah you get glazed, <laughs> which I have. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably wind it up soon. But um, one of the other ones that I wanted to ask you about is um, as you're travelling along. I know you've unloaded in one spot but filled up again and they've given you stuff to take to the next spot. So how does that happen? That's not organised, is it? That's just miraculous, isn't it? it it's God's provision. Yeah. Uh, what they don't need, the next one up the road might need. Oh, okay. So they give you what they don't need. You give them what they need. You, yes. you unload half of you, let's just say, for example. I still have to unload my bed every night. <laughs> It'll be plastic bags right up to the roof. Right, okay. On my bed. All right. And Bibles. They must love it when you come to town then. Oh, well, I'm the closest thing to Santa Claus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't believe in him anyway. (laughs) Well, uh, a lot of those places have said they don't get Christmas presents. Right. There's no money to buy things. No, yeah, that's right. Unless they're on some kind of pension. Yeah. uh, And they're exposed to that. This is why I take these bracelets. Hmm. 1400 I've made this year. Hmm. You made them yourself? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's when I've got nothing to do. Okay. That's not often. <laughs> All righty. Well, we might wind it up there. Now, if people want to get in contact with you, um, uh, I think what we'll do is we can share your email address. Um, so if you're interested in praying for Janet or contacting it, um, uh, she goes by the name of Outback Gospel uh, Ministries. So, And her email address is outbackministries at gmail.com. That's just one word, outbackministries at gmail.com and people can write to you and um, if they want to help they can offer help or write to you they can contact you there Janet I value your prayers very 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 much all right okay well thanks for coming into the bush studio and um, uh, have a safe trip because you're leaving Monday Monday for how long four months where are you going this time same place plus wherever else the Lord leads right right okay so because um, as I pointed out earlier we're just starting to come into our drive so it's starting to be winter. So this is uh, where Janet's heading off on one of her trips. So please keep her in your prayers. So thanks, Janet. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed our show. You can find us on the web at www.lightflintradio.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at mail at lightflintradio.com. That's M-A-I-L at lightflintradio.com.